You get some tracking shoes. What are tracking shoes? Some shoes you lock some damn deer feet in. Take and cut them deer feet off because you're really training for the inner digital yeah. gland. Right. Where they're locking onto that special deer. Yeah. You put them in your tracking shoes and go, like I go lay a track and don't, don't show it for you and you go lay me a track and we practice like that. We need to do and that. And that's how you get certified. I know how to do the test and all. Like I went with the judges to lay tracks for people that was actually taking the test and mm-hmm. shit. I got the inside scoop. Okay. I went to New Orleans. It's a real shithole. I told y'all. Yeah. I told you, <laughs> It ain't worth going to. <laughs> I told you. But it's a real shithole. I know. I'm, I told you. Oh. I watched this old black man piss in the middle of the sidewalk at like 4 o'clock in the middle of the day. <laughs> front. He's just like. <laughs> you spilling all the good stuff before I, we even start. Like, I thought it was recording. It, it is. is. That's just depending on what we pick up. Well, we got a good editor. <laughs> Decent anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Coon Hunting Confidentials on the Houndstooth Podcasting Network, where we explore anything and everything coon hunting and listen to coon hunting stories from across the nation that include cryptids, the paranormal, the unexplained, and a whole hell of crazy. I'm Daniel Felker, your host. Join me and my buddies, Dustin Faulkner and Ryan James, as we explore into the confidential side of coon hunting. Warning, some material may not be suitable for children. Yo, what's going on, everybody? We want to welcome y'all to another episode of Coon Hunting Confidentials on the House Tooth Podcasting Network. And guess what? Chicken uh, butt. <laughs> nah, <laughs> guess why? <laughs> Chicken thigh. <laughs> the whole crew is finally back together again after almost a month of recordings with just Damn. hitting and missing and here and there. So... Uh, <laughs> We're firing on all cylinders. I, it's been raining like a son of a gun all day today. Like I've a been cow pissing on a flat rock. All day. That's a lot of water. <laughs> and it's cold. I had even, I, you know, two weeks ago when we recorded, I was talking about my, my garden. I ain't got my garden planted yet. I was going to yesterday, and my daddy sent me a text, and he said, I thought, he said, I think the ground's still a little too cold. I'd probably wait till next week. Mm-hmm. I am. So I'm waiting till My. next Wednesday when Andrew gets home from college. I got a bunch of plants in pots that sprouted up. I got beans, squash. I got all what kind kinds of beans. You got? I got a bunch of beans, dude. I got. I forgot you got what any they damn were. speckled butter beans, dude. I forgot the damn butter beans. Damn. Well, I don't go worry. I got you. I got. I like butter beans. I do too. I do not like lima beans, but I like butter beans. I like speckled and some ham butter. hocks. Yeah, I like. I like it all. But Dustin, yeah, he is in the ground, what, today? Monday. Monday? Monday. It ain't too cold. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's all, all the frost good. is gone. Mine's in the ground. Put it in the ground. John Mine's Brown. waiting till Wednesday. That's when, plus, Andrew will be home, and he'll help me be out, be able to. Well, mine's going to wait until I get stuff. finished plowing. <laughs> Daniel yeah, probably needs to. to plow some more, too. I done plowed it twice. We'll probably, I'm probably gonna plow it again. Not off this uh-huh. all this rain. It's done. I only done mine once. But What'd yours you is, it, is this tiller? the same place? Yeah, Sam. Same place. Yeah, you playing always. All right, so this is the first time this has been to you. This first time this has been dissed and chopped up and all that. Anyway, I ain't done no coon hunting. Me neither. Not in the past two weeks. I haven't. I have. I went to a uh, tracking school. Yo, yeah, tell us about that. Last time you was off gallivanting and scooter pooting. 
and scooter poop. <laughs> in Mississippi. Well, I and, went to uh, a tracking seminar for like blood tracking. Freaking awesome. What all did you learn? Uh, all kind of shit. You know how my brain is. I can't remember half of it. But if you did, you dogs, take notes, man. No, but who we no. went with took notes. How I mean, you gonna I did teach me if I got you didn't you, take notes? No, I got you. Exactly. I'll just fall right back. We're gonna have to get out there and lay some tracks for one another. I'm fine with that. Uh, you and then then I'll teach you. I'll be like, oh yeah, and this is some shit we need to be doing. Right now. <laughs> I can't just sit here and tell y'all everything. It's so much. I'd learn this: if you hunt with dogs or and into scenting, you should go to one of these things. If you hunt deer in general, you should go to one of these things. I what? like going to classes and stuff like it that, man. Awesome. I like to learn. That's I watch a bunch of YouTube videos. United learn Blood crap. Trackers Association. See, I think I'm in their Facebook group. You probably are. I think I am. I'm not. I probably should look that up now that we're talking about it. Look it up, Bo. But what about them tracking shoes? Are you going to get you a pair of them tracking shoes? Damn, Skippy. Hold on. Before we started recording, you was telling Dustin a little bit about that trip. And I'm pretty sure pretty much anybody that listens to this, that lives outside of this little uh, parish will probably know what you will agree with you. But what'd you think about where where did you go and what did you think about it? I went to New Orleans and it smelled <laughs> like piss <laughs> <laughs> and vomit. It's a culture shock. <laughs> hey, tell tell about the black man. Oh, the one peeing in the middle of the sidewalk. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's uh, this old black man. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and then there's these women, these Spanish ladies painting in front of this store building. And when they was like, ooh, nasty, nasty. And I could hear the piss hitting the sidewalk. I was like, oh, he's pissing. And he was. He just, this is like a good spot. Let's piss right here. I'll tell you yeah. something I've listened to just the other day. Um, but it was pretty cool. I mean, just an experience, if nothing else. It's an experience. I heard some crackheads screaming in a parking building and we screamed back at them like a little crackhead calling. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that's what they do too. It's funny. You want to talk about anything you done on Bourbon Street? Mm. <laughs> 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 we'll leave some of that off here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a good idea. <laughs> The after but, dark special. <laughs> I wasn't there after dark. <laughs> see, you get your ass killed. Possibility. But, it's something to see. It's an experience. It was kind of yes. awesome. But at the same time, I would not jump in the car like, you know what? Let's just go to New Orleans. I think New Orleans is a place I got to see right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, dude. It smells like piss and throw up everywhere. Hmm. It was clean. We was at, for some reason, when I was there, it wasn't that bad. Really? It, it mm-hmm. was clean when I was there. It's just been like piss it everywhere I went. It didn't bother me that bad. And then there was crackheads and shit screaming. Oh, dude, like every freaking organization you could think of was down there while we were there wanting to wanting you to sign some petition for something stupid. Like oh, PETA tried to get me to sign something. Oh, I, I was bitch like, I was like, I know more about that organization than you do, and I do not agree with them, so... Go away. Go choke on a dick, sir. And then some gay organization tried to stop my mom and uh, Annette. Mm-hmm. When I come to walk by, they didn't want to talk to us. <laughs> they could tell they didn't want to talk to us. <laughs> it was hilarious. 
man, I was listening to this guy talking from that's like from Louisiana. I was talking about New Orleans um, two or three days ago, and he was talking about like how New Orleans has a heavy vampire culture. Oh shit! Mm. Yeah, like there's a. I felt like I definitely might have like, been around a vampire too, wiser. You don't have a little I've lore about lore. Yeah. There's a but huge vampire lore that surrounds New Orleans. It is the lore, and there are a bunch of people that are like into that vampire culture in New Orleans that are into like the dark, drinking blood. I that. met some of them. I seen them in the store I went in. Yeah. Prayed my way in and I did some bit. <laughs> I don't think that I'd have went in if I had to stand out there and pray to go in. I'd stayed my butt out. Nah. What did they have? Was it like voodoo dolls or it something? It was Marie Laveau's House of Voodoo. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'd never go in. I seen I seen her grave. some wild shit in there, bro. I seen her grave while I was there. Did you? I didn't mm-hmm. even know that was such. You know, there's another thing down there called voodoo and hoodoo. Hoodoo? Yeah, I've listened to Dark Waters talk about it. There's also kudu. What is that? <laughs> and kudu do in do. Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Kudu's big old antelope. Oh, hey, I went to the Leonard Skinner Memorial where they crashed their plane at. Mm. What is it like in the woods? Mm, yeah, it's out in the middle of damn nowhere. I've seen like the video because they just had a Netflix thing come out about Leonard Skinner. But uh, it was awesome. We ate lunch. Hey, I'll tell you something I learned about watching that Leonard Skinner video on Netflix. That uh, a lot of them, I don't know about all of them, they were Southern boys, but they were about gun control. There's one of them, oh, uh, Artemis Powell. He was very big. He's like, he's like, I'm a left wing hippie. Blah blah blah. He said, Yes, let's I'm don't for talk about this control. shit. That's about like whenever they we brought Forrest Gump and his damn child trafficking. But we're just gonna leave that shit alone. We talked about Forrest Gump and child trafficking. Yeah, me and you have maybe not on this podcast, but when Tom Hanks done this shit, oh, oh, leave Tom Hanks. Gump out of this shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shut your damn mouth. Kind of ruined Leonard Skinner. Yeah. That, that we don't want mean. people to hate us. I don't even know where to pick up at after that. Cause <laughs> that's a shocker. I just give it <laughs> that's why Artemis Powell, it shocked me. I was laying in bed watching it, and Artemis Powell was like, yes, I'm a left-wing hippie. Who that out there? I don't know. They just turn around. I forgot to cut the open sign off. I did it again. Yeah, but they just turn around and leave. You want me to go cut the open sign off? It looks like you open. We're going to be done sold some damn feed here. I did that last time. I was in the middle of recording. I had to get up and sell Rocky a bag of dog food. Mm. Well, let's start read some Apple reviews because I know we got two of them. All right. I'll read the first one. It says, it's from Ozark Sasquatch. Mm. Header says, good show. Good show. I'm a coon hunter in the Ozark Mountains. I used to walk the woods at night alone from my grandparents' farm where I worked after school to my parents' house. It was a little over three miles. I was around 12. I told my dad when he got home from work the next day because he worked nights, I was scared walking home alone at night. He told me, son, if people knew what was in them woods, they wouldn't live here. But you're meaner than all of them still. You're meaner than all of them. Still cracks me up today. But he was right. Nothing ever was mean enough to stop me from getting home. I wonder if it was uphill both ways. 
in the snow. Had to be. <laughs> it sounds like me and him went to different schools together. <laughs> but thank you, Ozark Sasquatch. Cool story. We appreciate that. And we got Connor Lucas, the blue tick man. Oh, shit fire. Yeah, he's that scentless Sal Coon. So what your buddy said about the Sal Coons not having scent, I think is true. That's what I've been told my whole life, and it's definitely noticeable. I think they're lo- they lose it somehow being laid up in them dens to be able to get down and get them something to eat and drink and not be trailed back to their dens. That's it. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's the truth. I didn't know that there was I just something I, being like being told like a being told that as a kid or I don't know, dude. I just don't think it's physically possible for scent not to be falling off of stuff. I think it. Is. I mean, maybe it changes. I think it might change. Maybe I can get a, behind that. It's a different scent. Yeah, I think it changes. I ain't gonna say they're scentless. Maybe they're putting off a different odor. That's what I'm thinking. talking about. It's that deer's inner digital gland. Yeah. At that seminar, this dude read off like scientific study. They took some samples of it, and seen uh-huh. what all kind of compounds it had in it. It was like twenty nine different compounds or something like that. Yeah. Well, it was DMSO is one of the compounds that it produced. Uh, something else that was like pretty much like gasoline, all kind of different crazy ammonia stuff like that. And he's like, so just imagine if one of them was a lot more than the other. Right. It's like, you know how ammonia is. You stick it under your nose. You can smell and it from it, across the room. And, and it when you stick it under your nose, it burns. Yeah. You know how? Oh, go ahead. I'm they were talking about laying tracks for them dogs and training them less is more. Mm. Like it was a, it was either a, a hovarian or a bovarian because there's two. Yeah. Both of them's a breed. Right. It was a guy there's got one of each. Well, one of them, he just he had an imported, spent a bunch of money on it. Yeah. He was laying blood trail for it, like as a puppy trying to train it. Mm-hmm. And the dog just like it couldn't, didn't know what to do. He called the dude he got from, like, look, dude, you know, I spent a bunch of money getting this thing. And this, he's like, well, how much blood are you putting out? Way too much. Like, really? Put out very little. Like, that dog's nose is so, you're burning him up. Like, his nose is so, or her nose is so strong. Mm-hmm. And it's just way too much. Like, these dogs got that strong of a nose. Huh. Said less is more. And also water. Scent is attracted to water. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. It'll drift downhill to it. Mm-hmm. And then water will make it, like, if it's real dry. It rejuvenates She was telling me there's a trick. Like, the lady sprayed spot on the ground with a water bottle to make the scent stronger. She's yeah. seen that in Oklahoma. That's why them um, them dogs out west. and, and <laughs> Them dry ground. Yeah, they'll lick them rocks to get scent off of it. They'll re-wet it to get mm-hmm. that scent off of it. Well, shit fire. Yeah. Hey, are you in the market for a Garmin? A doggone thermal imaging monocular. Are you in the market for some haters? Get you one of them badass thermals. And or a cone squaller? Hit a water bowl? punch pal. A vest? The possibilities are endless. Exactly. All kind of stuff. But from the vest, the pouches, the all kind of stuff. You can get lights. You can even order your bright eyes lights from where? Havoc. Havoc Hunt Supply. Did we talk about them badass hats and shirts? We no, not. we have not. And them damn whatever kind of fancy hoodie that is you like? Yeah, I like the t-shirt hoodies. They got the t-shirt hoodies. The, the shooties. Hoodie. The shooties. hoodies. <laughs> Get yourself a shooty from Havoc Hunt Supply. <laughs> That's right. Hey, hit them up. Havoc Hunt Supply. Remember that promo code is Havoc10. That's H-A-V-O-C-10-1-1. Zero. 
58. I still want to know what them what the uh, vet out there suggested because you said that uh, that vet didn't suggest the Simperica and all that stuff. Next guard, that's what it is. Next guard, yeah, that's what, that's what you get use. from tractor supply or something like that. I'm pretty sure it is. Is it next guard? I don't know if safeguard. It's, it's next guard. It's next guard or something like that. There's a next guard for fleeing ticks. Yeah. That's the one you put on the back of their neck, ain't uh, it? I think it's like a pill. Okay. I think she uses it too. Okay, yeah. I seen a commercial for it the other day. Because he said he's seen too much. He's seen a lot of dogs come back with kidney problems and then like having seizures and stuff like that. He said anything that stays in their system for three months is, or a month or two is too much. The longer mm-hmm. it stays in their system, it can't be good for them. Hmm. Let's see, I've heard that. And you uh, know what he felt? Never mind. Might hurt your feelings. <clears throat> You know what he feeds? Pride. (laughs) (laughs) Him feeds pride. Does he now? Yeah, he does. I'm not knocking pride. Well. Sell a lot of it. I feel like he feels like at the end of the day, it's just dope shit. I disagree on that. He's got kennels too. And they talked all about all kind of stuff. Still, them tracking dogs are not being free casted. But he's not. He don't got tracking dogs. He runs hog dogs. Uh, Mm. Well, that, that dog on 27, 20, He was just there to speak up. as a vet. And the tracking dogs are free-casted, about mm, probably a third of them. I thought they had to do everything and on Some lease. of them they do. Some in South Carolina, South you do. You're supposed to. It just depends on what state you're in. Yeah. Right, right. Well, shit fire. Yep. They just started a test, an off-lead two test. For the people that run off lead is what they call it, off lead. Hey, let's talk to Trevor Wade and get him to tell us about the Tournament of Champions. Booyah. We got Trevor Wade on. I asked him to come on and talk to us because um, a lot of people in our, our audience, I, some of them are not into coon hunting or keep up with it, what's going on. Some of them just like to hear the stories. The listeners. But um, UKC and, and Trevor Wade, Alan Gingrich, they're kind of – um, I don't know, kind of moving coon hunting forward uh, in a a more prestigious way, I guess you could say that. And they just had the Tournament of Champions. So I just asked Trevor if he'd come on and just talk about the Tournament of Champions, how they, what all that went about. And because they just had it the other week, what was that in Greencastle? Yeah, Greencastle, Indiana was where the finals was. Yep. yep. So, uh, I just wanted him to come on and talk about the tournament of champions a little bit with us, and yeah, yeah, you can take the floor. Huh? Yeah, you will give it to you. Yeah, no, it was uh, we we had a really good, really good weekend in Greencastle. Uh, we uh, took ninety six, the top dogs in the country. There, we were able to get together a good group of judges, good group of guides. Uh, hunt was probably as smooth as it could be, um, as well as over the past three years one of the smoothest hunts that we've had period uh we did we had one question all weekend and you guys know for a, for a major event that's unheard of so uh it was a lot of country and going on and uh a lot of good camaraderie and uh we had a heck of a weekend on, was there? hold on i had your I, mic muted hey, why I, you muted, I muted your mic because you was over there playing with well, i wasn't saying nothing <laughs> i didn't say nothing <laughs> well uh there wasn't no line going on, was there? 
What's that? Is there wasn't no lying. Nobody lying, lying. T- telling any lies. There's a cone hut, dude. I was just. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Right, stay too trying. busy for too much talking and stuff going around there. But uh, I don't know. Did you guys get to watch any of the live play-by-play stuff or any of the YouTube live shows? I didn't. I haven't yet. Actually, I um I had forgotten about it because something happened where y'all ended up not being able to go live on that final cast, wasn't it? Yeah. And then Clayton Stark, I know he was filming some of it, and it, I don't know, but no, actually, until I listened to uh, the winner of the Tournament of Champions on the Gone to the Dogs podcast the mm-hmm. other day, that um, I didn't realize that y'all had put something out afterwards on YouTube. Maybe I probably got a notification, but I get so many notifications from YouTube <laughs> that it just gets, stuff gets lost in there. Yeah, like you said, the biggest, probably the biggest hurdle we fought all weekend was the dang uh, internet connection there. Uh, not only in the building on Thursday night when we did our, we call it Midnight Mayhem. We go live about 11.30 and we uh, we were interviewing the 24 cast winners as they came back in, kind of get their detail of the hunt and it's a good way for people to get pretty much live results they know who the winners are as soon as we know who the winners are um and and that night our internet at the at the fairgrounds was pretty spotty so, but now we have a, a edited video that's uh, easy to watch living on our youtube channel uh saturday night the live show was a lot better it's a lot clearer um they're on the united kill club youtube page uh but like you said on the final cast uh where we where we went for the final cast uh, it was it was in some hilly country. We didn't have very good service at all to get any live footage back from the woods, but we still I was able to to text in uh, the play by play as it went. So the commentators were there talking about the hunt, giving live updates of everything that was happening. And like you said, Clayton was out there on the final cast with us, and uh, he he just uh, released a video uh, kind of montage of his weekend there at the TOC just here in the past couple of days on his uh, Stark Outdoors YouTube channel. So. You can go there and see some uh, some footage from that final cast. Okay, need to check that out. Absolutely, yeah, he gets some pretty awesome footage. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. He's got a really good camera. Yeah, really good camera. But um, let's talk about like the money payout. What was the grand total? I know. Uh, I, I would save you the effort. Of, well, not the effort, but hell, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. To, to get qualified for the Tournament of Champions, within that year, you had to get five cast wins. So, right. And then you had to go, what do y'all call them, regions or zones? We call it regions. It's it's basically the same as our world zones. Uh, there's some small, subtle differences, but it's the same as that concept. Six strategically located places across the country a couple weekends before the finals uh, where dogs go for a hunt for two nights and, uh, and try to get in that top 96. So when they get to the regions, are they kind of like prorated how many slots per like region according to like how many dogs are qualified within a certain region or something like that? Yeah, that's exactly right. Take like uh, our biggest entry was in Mount Gilead, Ohio. Uh, They had uh, close to 170, 180 entries. So they sent 21 of the 96 through. And then our smallest region would have been down in Comer, Georgia. Uh, they had right over 100 dogs, like 103 dogs, and they sent 12. So it's basically the, the same percentage of dogs moves on. Whether So uh, it doesn't really matter where you enter, how many are entered into your region. The same percentage of dogs are moving forward from your region. Okay. Well, I like what, that. That's, I like that. That's cool. Yeah. It's Man. worked out well. It's, the zones have been like that for years, and this is – it just – we had the – we had it – we had that format in place, and it's, it's worked well in that in – that, uh, 
program, so might as well use it here, and it's worked worked flawlessly here as well. Well, let's talk about the big one, the payout. Yeah, yeah. So once you once uh, once we get to the finals, uh, any every dog that makes it to the finals, the top ninety six is in the money. Then uh, the total purse there is two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars. So we got ninety six dogs there. You make it to the finals, you go, and you lose in the first round, you get a thousand dollar check. Um, so 72, 72 people got a thousand dollar check just for being there. We, you know, they came, they got the whole thing. They got their pictures taken. They got being the fancy venue. They got a good catered dinner, got some caps, got to hang out with everybody and just feel the atmosphere. And then they got a thousand bucks on top of it. Uh, you make it past the first round, you make it to the second round, you lose in the second round. There's going to be 24 dogs left then. So we, we got 18 uh, losers there in the second round. They get $3,500 each. Um, if you're one of the six cast winners from there, you move on to Saturday night to our semifinals. Uh, the first thing we do is have three heads-up casts, which is a little bit different in this uh, in this event than a lot of our other events. So in our heads-up, we got three heads-up casts. We have three winners and three losers. Those three losers are going to get $5,000 each, and that leaves $100,000 for the final cast. Uh, third place gets $20,000, second place gets $30,000, and first place gets $50,000. That's, Ooh, that's a pretty sweet deal, man. Yeah. Dude, just by just getting through and making it into the top 96, even if you don't get through, you still get your $1,000 check. So your trip is pretty much paid for. Yeah, yeah you think unless unless you drive a big uh, gas burner or something, but <laughs> yeah. the way the prices are now. But, yeah, you, you hope it pays for the trip and that they have a good time there. It's, I didn't talk to anybody who had a bad time there. It's just it's uh, it's one of those events that's just fun to be there and be at it, and we hope that that plus $1,000 makes it worth the trip for everybody. Yeah. Um, we'll say, you know, Jeff Rickliffe's won it. What was the name of that dog, Strix Hobo or Strickland's Hobo? Yeah, Strix Hard Times Hobo was the name of that dog. Yeah, little three-year-old Walker dog. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I've, I heard. I was listening to oh, uh, <clears throat> Rickliffs was talking about it, and he told him that Strickland said that he should really go, and he was talking up the Tournament of Champions, and he was saying, you know, they lay out, roll out the red carpet, and all that, and. For somebody of the stature, uh, well, not stature because he's kind of a short fellow, but as far as in the coon hunting world, for somebody like yeah. John Strickland to be talking it up, that uh, I mean, that says a lot, a lot, because if you competition hunt a little bit, you're going to know the name John Strickland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John, he's been a, he's been a big uh, a big supporter of the, t- of the Tournament Champions program. He's the one that always gives us input, ideas. Uh, he, he's a uh, you know, obviously, he's uh, he's probably more uh, known for his his winnings and other registries. Uh, that's no secret. Everybody who knows John knows that, and the success he's had in other registries, and and his support and backing of this of this event, it means a lot to us. Uh, I know there's a story from a couple years ago where he actually got a dog. Uh, he got beat by a dog there at the regions, and wasn't going to have a dog go through, and he actually ended up buying the dog that defeated him. Just that's that's the story. So he could come to the finals. That power page <laughs> power page dog is uh, is one that he got. So that's a that's a pretty funny story that but he was he's been there every year and he's been a big supporter and now he won the whole thing you know him and Jeff and uh, and Doug Galbraith their dog won the whole thing so uh, there was a little bit of a stretch there where Jeff was hunting Paige some wasn't he 
Yeah, I think uh, in the seems like in one of the podcasts, I'm not sure if it was the one Steve Fielder did or if it's the one that the UKC hunting ops just dropped where Alan talked to him some, but uh, Hobo kind of went through a little bit of a, it sounded like he went through kind of a little bit of a health stretch where uh, they laid him up for a couple of weeks and he, he was able to hunt Paige for a little bit. It was actually uh, helped, helped her win a truck and won a couple of casts that got her to win a truck. So. He's just one of those guys that he's a dog man. He, it doesn't matter what's on the end of his leash. He, you know, if he's packing it, he's got a chance. Yeah, I've, I've, I just met him at Autumn Oaks when we was up there. That's the first time I've known of Jeff Rickliffs for years and years, even back with Hardwood Henry and when he was doing all that winning with him in the early two thousands. Well, actually, yeah. that was that in the late nineties, early two thousands. I can't remember. I want to say he was after Rat Attack. So that would have been early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. he wanted to senior showdown with that dog at years ago. So that would have been early 2000s. Yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. But, yeah, talk about a good stand-up dude, man. I've never, I've, in the coon hunt world, you hear people, they'll say good things, bad things about people. I, have, I haven't heard anything, anybody say anything bad about Jeff Rickliffs in, in, as far as in, in any kind of way, really. Maybe I just haven't been around the right people, but um, everything I've just uh, – talking to him, listening to him talk, he seemed like uh, just a real nice stand-up dude. Yeah, he is. That was the first time I ever got to hunt with him there on the final cast, and I, I always – in my post-event articles, I always write about how it never gets old, that that feeling that you, you get when you see somebody achieve a lifelong thing. Like I've seen four world champions crowned now, I've seen uh, four national grand champions crowned at Autumn Oaks. This is the third $50,000 winner I have. And uh, it's a humbling experience. And to see a guy like him who's who's won so much in his life, but then uh, achieving this this win here this uh, couple weekends ago with the TLC finals and seeing how that affected him, it's, uh, it's a humbling feeling, man, with these dogs, you know, all the hard work that goes into getting them ready for these hunts and running the roads and being away from your family and the, the sacrifices you make and to see it, you know, ultimately be at the pinnacle of the sport there that night. It's a, it's a humbling feeling. And uh, it's something I won't forget to seeing Jeff win that, when we see that final coon in that tree, that's a, that's a special feeling, special night. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's one Craig thing he said, over there. There's one thing he said. Give him a napkin to <laughs> That, um, I guess it was on Steve Fielder's podcast. He said that, and I wish I could be more like this. He said that even as far back as he can remember, he never gets nervous in a hunt. <laughs> and I'm like, I yeah. I wish I could be like <laughs> that and not get like those bur- butterflies in my stomach. Yeah, that is not me. That is not me. <laughs> me either. <laughs> me either. I haven't met very. I you know it's not a come up in conversation, but if if people be honest with it, if they really they they're kind of when you first cut them dogs loose and you kind of got that jacked up butterfly anxiety feeling or whatever you want to call it i do anyway there might be others out there that don't do that but yeah i guess i got a question for you guys yes sir Uh, i guess for the first time this year the uh the non-walker dogs probably did as good as they've ever done there at the toc finals this year so I was uh, so uh, seven blue ticks made it through. Four of them won their cast in the first round, and we had our first non-Walker dog make it to the finals. That was uh, the blue tick Crowder from over in uh, Texas, a guy from Oklahoma handling them. And then 
a guy from down in your country, Caleb Griffin, with the preacher man dog, made it to the semifinals with, a, with his ex-bred. So the non-Walker dog showed up that weekend and put on a show. I guess that's who you guys were rooting for, right? The rain is over. The Walker they, dog still won, but, uh, yeah, we they, pulled they for them. dominated, though. They, they just had for them off-colors. We pulled for them it off was good to see. It was good to see it break up right there, to see a, uh, a non-Walker dog in there. I it, it was nice to have some color on that final cast. It was nice. I like to see a black and tan get in that final cast uh, at some point in time. <laughs> You're gonna have to get yours ready to roll. They they were zero for three on the weekend up there. Yeah, I'm uh, gonna have to do something. How the plots do? Yeah, how the plots do? Ah, uh, there was there was no plots, no leopards, no red bones, and it made the top ninety six. Golly, so not very good. Uh, not too good. <laughs> Not they didn't lose a cast there at the finals. No plot lost a cast at the finals. Undefeated. Hey, <laughs> hey, that's a better way to put it. <laughs> hey, I got another question for you. Out of yep. all the hunts and events y'all put on, what's the most stressful to do on your end? Oh, yeah, for me, the most stressful uh, week of the year is autumn oaks. Um, there's just so many moving parts. TOC finals and the world finals are, are so easy on a uh, – on like a, a on my side of it because it's just a hundred dog hunt you know exactly how many dogs you're going to have you know how many casts you're going to have you know how many judges you need you know how many guides you need and then you just gotta you just gotta do it then at autumn oaks you don't have any idea how many hunters you're going to end up with uh at the same time you got a show going on over here you know you got uh limbs you got the national dual championship you got the confirmation show uh vendors it's just man it's a lot of moving pieces and it's a it's just uh, it's even it and Winter Classic, but uh, Autumn Oaks obviously more dogs, more moving pieces. So that's probably the most stressful event that I have throughout the calendar year. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. You guys yeah. get a taste of that down at Grand American. That's, yeah. I know that's that's tough. Yeah, mm-hmm. that can be. It can be a little hectic, but we don't have to deal with like all the administrative stuff. <laughs> That that's a, that's one of the things I'm glad I don't have to have my hands in. We little Indians, we're not chiefs. Exactly, we just little Indians. <laughs> <laughs> little Indians. <laughs> right. Yeah. Everybody's got to do their part. It takes a whole team, and that's true for us too. We got to, it's not just me and Alan doing the events. You know, we got a strong team from our national events team to our our media team, and uh, and and everybody throws in a helping hand to make these events successful. Same as the Grand American Committee. A lot of moving pieces and a lot of people doing their job to make it a successful event. And it's a it's an all year planning thing too. I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure y'all probably are something like that with all the mokes, but it's almost as soon as Grand Americans over with, it's the very next year is planning for the next year. Absolutely. So, but I reckon that's uh you got anything else you wanna say or anything like that? Yeah, no, hey, I, I appreciate the chance to get on here and talk. I enjoy still enjoying your guys' podcasts and your stories and uh, hope to see you guys at some events this year somewhere. I guess I ain't seen you guys since Grand American since I missed Winter Classic, but maybe you see it out see you at Oaks this year. No, I seen you at uh Walker Days. Oh, Southeastern, yeah. Yeah, Southeastern yeah, 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 Trend yeah. Walker Days. Yep. That's right. We did I'm see you there. I forgot about that. That, that seems was... like a lifetime ago. <laughs> it does, don't it? <laughs> wow. But uh, yeah. I appreciate it. Now it's time to gear towards uh, Autumn Oaks in the world. So we got a couple more months here for dogs to get qualified for the world. So 
get qualified for that. That'll be the next big one there in Mount Gilead, Ohio, going back to the heartland this year. So, so y'all have a lot of breed days and stuff coming up through the next few months, don't you? Yeah. So over the next, I think in the next seven weeks, I got five weekends on the road. Uh, I got black and tan days coming up uh, the first weekend in May, skip a week, blue tick days, skip a week. And then I got three weekends in a row at Redbone days, uh, English days and plot days. So going to get around, going to get to see a lot, a lot of the different people and I'm looking forward to it. Right on. I heard that. But Trevor, appreciate you hopping on with us and talking and all that and this will be coming out wednesday so you'll be able to yeah. hear your voice on somebody else's podcast which y'all also have a podcast uh ukc hunting ops i haven't listened to the last win well the one come out yesterday i haven't listened to it yet it's on my to listen to list i got God, there's so there. many good ones now it's hard to keep up with them ain't it though yeah because this conversation that we are uh, with this guy this week is going to be with David Gilbert from Arkansas, who just started the Tree My Dog podcast. Mm, so and yeah. we met we met him at uh, Winter Classic. Very cool. So hey, I I appreciate what you guys do and uh, and kind of uh, your platform and always you know talking about our events and uh, and also I enjoy keeping me entertained on some of them long drives I got. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> we, we, <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate it. We appreciate you listening to the dumb shit we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we're going to get off of here, and I appreciate it. I don't want to hold you up. I know you just got home and, you know, see your family and all that good stuff. Hey, I appreciate it. It's always good talking to you guys. We'll see you down the road. All right, man. Have a good one. Well, man, we uh, Dustin and I re-recorded a conversation last week with a guy we met down in the Mississippi. He come up to us, and then he talked to us for a little bit, not long. But then a couple weeks ago, I just happened to see it be shared on Facebook. I didn't even know anything about it, and I realized that this dude had started up a podcast. Shitfire. Yeah, his name is David Gilbert. He's got a buddy that I can't, that's helping him, and I can't recall exactly what his buddy's name is. But, yeah, he, um... When I seen he had a new podcast out, I reached out to him, and I'm pulling up Spotify right well, now just so about? I can tell you hunt. exactly the name of his podcast. It's the Tree My Dog podcast, and it's on all the platforms. It's a coon hunting podcast. Sounds like a damn winner to me. So he's a coon hunter, and... We had a pretty good conversation with him. He told us some some stories. Well, actually, wasn't many coon hunting stories, but he told us uh, some encounters and stuff. But we had a good conversation, so it was a good time. We'll let y'all listen to David Gilbert and this conversation we had, and we'll come back in a few minutes after this, and we'll talk about it. Man, our guest today is a fellow coon hunter, but not only is he a fellow coon hunter, he is also a fellow podcaster now. His name is David Gilbert. 
from Arkansas. How you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great. How y'all doing this evening? We're, uh, I'm doing pretty good. I just got back from a baseball game. How about you? Better than I deserve, man. He just got yeah, back from well, a baseball like game, too. Baseball, man. Yep. That time of year. It is the season. Hmm. But, uh. Man, let's talk a little bit of coon hunting before we get into all that other stuff. How, how long right. you been coon hunting? What got you into it? And what kind of dogs well, do you prefer? I've been off and on for about 30 years now. Uh, got started in my early teens, about 14 years old. Uh, started with a blue dog. It, 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 would, it would tree anything. If it climbed a tree, it would tree it. If it ran on the ground, it would chase it. You know, just old gray dog. Uh, got an English dog after that. He was pretty good. First paper dog was a walker and trash, pure trash. Uh, got it out of it for a while. Then about 2011, 2012, I got back in it and uh, been hooked ever since. Uh, Walker dogs mainly, and I know. Uh, I know some folks back that. here in the corner are into Walker dogs, but uh, it is what it is. You got to pick a winner every once in a while. You got that right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there's so many different uh, bloodlines of walkers out there to choose from. You can't go wrong. You know, the English dogs is probably my next favorite. I hunt English dogs a lot for a buddy of mine. But uh, I'm mainly a walker man. Redhead, blanket back, that's the only way to go. Hey, I agree with you there. I like a redheaded blanket back dog. I'm not too big on a solid black or a dog that's got a lot of black on it as far as walker dogs go. But Dustin told me at the Grand American, I didn't think he would. He liked them. I like a lot of black on them. Well, I mean, as long as the tree is coon, I really don't care what color it is, guys. I mean, if they go out there and trim me a raccoon like it's supposed to, I don't, I don't, I don't give a damn what it looks like. Yeah. Even old cur dog. I, I, I agree with that. I like to see a good dog work, no matter what breed they are. It is fun to talk to junk, though. But oh man, yeah, you got to talk to trash. Yeah, you got to. So uh. What you got a walker dog now? Oh yes, sir. I got two of them at home. What two are they males got? right now? How they breed? Uh, so the older dog, he he'll be three in June. He's a rat attack on top and track man on bottom. He's he's bred to treat for yeah, you sure. Got that right. He's a uh, he's pretty good. I made him die champion late last year, and the puppy at home, he's a. Uh, Hillbilly Knot, uh, guy in Arkansas, Brent Robertson. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's a he got him up in North Arkansas and he's direct off of him. He's a tequila sunrise and on top and uh, little money on bottom. Mm-hmm. I think he comes from a money dog, so he's he's trashy before he's he's bad at trashy. <laughs> hey, at, at least he's got some drive to him. Man, he is not scared to go. From the time he was five months old, that, you did not walk in the woods without the collar on that dog. 
He, he was trashing somewhere all the time. He'll I kind of like a lot that a little bit. I like a little trash in mine, too. Eventually, he got to fall off on the coon. He ain't done it just yet. Oh, yeah. How old is he now? Uh, he'll be, he just turned a year old. Okay. So I ain't too worried about pushing him real hard just yet. He started looking up any? Yeah, he's a, he's actually treed one. Okay. Uh, two, two. I'm sorry, he's treed two. And made a couple of trees that were questionable. But he loves armadillo more than anything right now. <laughs> What's uh, y- y'all got a heavy armadillo population? Man, we are covered up with them sucker ground here. Yeah, we got a good. You ain't a hole in the wood. You see what now? We got a good many of them now too. Uh, you can't look in a hole out here without finding armadillo in it. Dang, there's everywhere. What uh, what's the coon population like? It's hit and miss. You can drive an hour east or west of here and, and be in coons. Right here, it's man. We got some pretty bottoms, river bottoms, wide open river bottoms to hunt. Uh, but man, the coons just ain't there. And what happens is, right after deer season goes out, uh, middle of December, all the fair weather coon hunters come out. Yeah, and they kill every coon they tree, or every. I'm sorry, every coon they see, they don't just kill every one they tree. They kill every one of them they walk up on. And and it just, for the rest of us that try to keep coons in the woods, it don't do no good. <sighs> I feel you. I, mean, I know what you mean. <laughs> ain't nothing pissed me off more. Uh, old boy, he's working on the puppy, and the dog was in the area, but he doesn't tree. And he walked up out there and seen two coons, you know, 50 yards from where the puppy was working, and Boom, knock them out. There's two coons won't ever get treated again. Yeah. What would they do something like that for? Because they're idiots. <laughs> All right, dog. It don't take but just a, a smidge of common sense. Right, yeah. It just, I don't know. I wonder about like common said, sense. They hunt, they hunt two or three months out of the year, and that's it. They ain't hard coon hunters like the rest of us. Yeah. But uh, what do y'all got? Y'all got like a lot of private land, or y'all got forest, national land, national forest, or anything like that? So we got a bunch of company land, timber company land, uh, leases, deer leases is what they are. Uh, very few hardwoods are left around here, man. All the hardwoods got gutted years ago, and now it's just little strips. And the hardwood that's left is just whatever's in the river bottom that they can't cut because it's too wet. But uh, a lot of private, a lot of the private land, uh, especially around Grant County where I live at, is uh, pretty well leased up by everybody. So, but I'm lucky. I'm in one of the leases now that it uh, it's got a bunch of good bottoms on it, and uh, I, I pay six hundred dollars a year to hunt. That's what that's what we got to do around here. That's about we how it have, is here. Right. We have some state land, um, and we have, of course, the national uh, or the federal White River and, you know, Felsenthal, I think the other one we got around here that's open like two weeks out of the year. You can go hunt it. And other than that, is it state land? We got lots of state land we can hunt, but it, it's covered up all the time anyway. Yeah. Sounds a lot. Yeah, we, got, we got 
right? We got no there, – there, this year-round kill season, you ain't got a – there's not no limit anymore. It, you can hunt year-round, so. Uh, a coon and squirrel. Well, dude, let's um let's talk about your podcast a little bit. I just saw it, come across it about a week or so ago, and I didn't even realize you was gonna be putting out a podcast. I seen somebody had shared it and come out. Well, and... I got I got a buddy of mine that I hunt with a lot. He uh he come up to me. I got him listening to a bunch of podcasts. He won't listen to y'all's because because he's scared anyway. <laughs> I'm not gonna call him out or anything, but uh, he, he scared kind of a little, little, little on the spooky side, anyhow. And he said he can't be listening to y'all. He'll never go in the woods again if he listens to y'all. But uh, he come up to me and asked me if I'd like to do one. I was like, sure. I mean, I don't know nothing about it, but I bet we can figure it out. So we done a little research and and we've been recording on my phone right now. But I'm fixing to step up, buy some equipment, and actually do it right. I heard that. It's called a uh, Train My Dog podcast. It's just two good old boys talking coon hunting. All it is. Yeah, I've listened to some of them. That's basically what it is. I've listened to some of them. Like you have some people like asking questions and stuff like that. And I haven't been able to get a chance. I haven't had a chance to listen to all of them get caught up on it yet. Well, they're all junk. I mean. <laughs> like I said, it's just a boy just sitting around talking coon hunting all it is. It ain't nothing special. But, uh, we gonna, we going to get better. We gonna that's get about better. all we do. That's about, that's, <laughs> Y'all sound a whole lot more professional. <laughs> <laughs> Parents just can't be deceiving, man. Or audio. Man. Or whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Things ain't always what they seem. Well, y'all sound good anyhow. Boy, we- well, like I said, I'm gonna buy some equipment, get a little bit better sound, and see what we can do from there. Yeah, you'll like it. You'll like when you put the headphones on and start talking. You'll feel a little more like you're doing something. I gonna make yeah. say you feel more important, but more professional. Make, make you feel more like you uh, on the radio, or <laughs> I guess I don't know. <laughs> Well, you got any like goals, anything you like wanting to highlight or like for the future or how you want to go about it? Uh, well, I'd like what after we got started and I got thinking about it a little more, I, I, I would like to interview, get some guys on from around here. You know, some of the older fellas around here that have been coon hunting for years and years and years and, and try to get more of the com, com, I don't want to say common coon hunters, but you know the normal coon hunters that ain't out there competing for the hundred thousand dollars every weekend, or, or, you know, six five hundred dollar entry fee hunts every weekend. But you know the guys that are big in the UKC hunts, uh, we got a bunch of those around here. So there's a bunch of older fellas that hunt those, and big and different breeds too here. So that that's what I'd like to do, and and mainly just folks around here for right now. But uh, hey, I, I talk to anybody they want. They want to just shoot the bull about coon hunting. Well, what about your your partner? He don't has he ever had any like weird run ins with anything in the woods that's made him question anything? Has he ever mentioned it? He ain't never mentioned nothing, but but coyotes spook him real bad. <laughs> we got a bunch of them around here, and 
you know, he'll get out there in the woods by himself, and, and the, the pack will be howling out there and just cutting up. And it, it spooks him pretty bad. But, but as far as anything else, I don't, I don't know of anything. I got I another you. buddy that I hunt with. He, he's got a few stories, but nothing just real spectacular. But uh, he, he, he's got a couple from back in the day. Is he an older guy? Uh, he's the uh, same age as me. I'm, we're, we're 44 years old. Okay. You got me by a year, man. <laughs> I'm 43. Some days I feel like I'm 53. Boy, that ain't no lie, ain't it? I hit 40 <laughs> and down here quick. Yeah. Are you a resident of Kentucky? Do you need some electrical work? Well, if so, we might have your solution. And who would that be, Daniel? Reardon's Electrical Service, licensed and insured in the state of Kentucky. He's a coon hunter. If you're in Kentucky or know anybody looking for any electrical work done in or around the area, give our boy Chris, Chris Reardon a holler. You can find him on Facebook, named Chris Reardon. Spell it R-E-A-R-D-E-N-S, Electrical Service. Hit him up and uh, he'd be glad to hit you. Let's talk some of this other coon hunting stuff. Well, one of them is not coon hunting, but you you told us that uh, I don't even want to give it away, man. I don't even want to highlight it. You, I'll let you tell it because you said you saw something when you was a kid, if I remember right. I was, I'd be 12 years old when I seen this one. Tell us, Tell us about it, because I don't know if, I don't remember the story if you told us. I just remember you saying that you saw something when you was a kid, and you uh, you knew that they was real. Man, so when I was 12 years old, we lived about a mile from a public fishing lake. Just, I mean, right there by the house, it's perfect. It's spring break, first part of March. Um. I left the house one midday going fishing, riding my bicycle. Got about, I don't know, about 100 yards from the house. And about 150 yards, I stopped for some reason. I don't even remember why I stopped now. So I stopped in the middle of the road. And about 150 yards down there, 200 tops. It stepped out of the woods. It, it was tall. It was dark, it was hairy, and it, it's not just a, a highway that we was on, it is a, it's a paved county road. Two, two pickup trucks could pass side by side and not worry about it. it. It's like it took three steps and was across the road. And when it got to the other side of the road, it stopped. And I swear it looked dead at me. And it was, Eight, ten, twelve seconds there, and it just turned and eased off in the woods. And I turned tail and hauled ass back to the house quick as I could. It it just sent chills to my bones. It was just, I don't say it, it was. I never believed in Bigfoot till then, but I seen the squatch, and it is real. And, and man, it it messed me up for a while. You said it was it was black. 
It wasn't. It wasn't black. It was dark. I'll, I'll not say it was black. Okay. It was dark. It's the dark color. It's dark. I'm half-ass colorblind anyhow. So. All right. So it could have been a dark brown, maybe even a reddish color, and that boy looked only black to me. But if it, if it was dark colored. Could you see the face? It, could you make out the face or anything? I couldn't make out a face, but before it was it was real calm. For a, for a spring day in Arkansas, it was calm outside. I mean, no animal noises, no birds chirping, no squirrels barking, nothing. And there it was. That's pretty common it, for man, people to say that. It, it freaked me out, man. I, it, it was it was a long time before I, I went down that direction again, down toward the lake without anybody with me. Was that area like known for anything like that? A couple of weeks later, my sister told me that she seen something kind of down the road from it, from from where that would be. It'd be, it'd be through the woods, about a mile. As a matter of fact, it is point nine four miles to where she seen that because these are the woods I couldn't hunt today. Uh, and uh, and then my brother-in-law hunt about he's got at least about 10 miles south of that and he says he's seen something out there at his in his place where he hunts and it's kind of in a straight line and i've heard other folks say they've seen weird stuff seen big creatures in the woods but you know people say no nah, you seen a bear you seen this you seen that. this wasn't no bear i i've never seen a bear in the woods but I can guarantee you this wasn't no bear, especially taking three steps of being across a two-lane road. I just, it still gives me chills. And it, this is about two years before I started really coon hunting a lot. Mm-hmm. And then with some pretty wood. And, man, I couldn't bring myself to go in them woods. It, it's still, I can go in them now because, I've heard seen anybody else say anything about it, but don't don't think I don't think about it when I cut that dog loose in there. <laughs> it crosses my mind every time I snap that lead off. Yeah, I would it would cross my mind too. But I mean it's like <clears throat> even if something is there, it's like as long as we coexisting and you ain't bothering me, I ain't bothering you. You leave me alone, I leave you alone, and you can go on about your business as long as I can go on about my business, and we can coexist. But that's right. I, yeah. I, I didn't want to bother him a bit. Like I said, it, when it stopped <laughs> in the road ditch on the side there, and it kind of just looked at me, I, you know, I I didn't know what to do. I wasn't going to just flat out run from it because I've been told all my life you don't run from a wild animal kind of stand your ground and back up and uh but but yeah i mean that, that was rough there yeah so does that sucker hold on there. you caught me caught me in mid yawn as soon as that sucker would have <laughs> doggone as soon as it crossed over into the woods i'd have just i'd have at 12 years old i'd have turned around and ran i, I did i, I turned that i turned that huffy around and huffed it on yeah, back to the house i, I, I don't could. blame you I don't blame you at all. Like I understand as far as like backing away, 
But as soon as he got at, you know, I probably, you know, would have backed away too as long as it stayed there because, you know, you definitely want to keep your eyes on what it's doing. But as soon yeah. as it stepped in the woods and I can't blame you yeah, one I was bit. Gone. Yeah, I was gone. And like I said, it was – it was a couple of years later when I started coon hunting, year and a half, two years later. And like I said, there was some pretty woods and a pretty creek bottom through there that we tree a lot of coons on today. But yeah, there for a while, there ain't no way you could talk me and turn a dog loose down there. You could have had me with a full pack of hounds and I wouldn't turn the dog loose in there. It ain't no way. How long did it take you to go in there? It took. Six, seven years before I'd go in, in that in that part of the wood where I've seen it. Now, like I said, about a mile away on the other side of that old, it's old railroad tram runs down that creek. And uh, on the other end, though, it, it, it's good, pretty bottoms all the way through there. I cut loose on the I cut loose on the other side, kind of towards that way, but the dogs would never go that far. Like I said, I was hunting old ragged blue dog, and old free English dog, and you know. Papered walker. I'm pretty sure the papers didn't even belong to that dog. You know, back in the day, that's how you did things. You bought a paper dog. I think you just bought a set of papers and they threw a dog in with it. Yeah, I've, I've seen some dogs like that back in the day. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, I, like I said, I've never believed in it until then, but I'm a firm believer now and I ain't seen nothing like it since. And I don't think it would bother me near as bad today if I seen it. Of course, I'm six foot four, two hundred eighty pounds. I'm not not a skinny twelve year old kid no more. But, uh, but yeah, I don't think it bothers me near as bad because I'm a believer that, like you said, if we coexist. We're cool. You know, we don't bother each other. We're cool, and I figure I'm in the woods enough that he knows I'm there. He knows I ain't out to hurt nothing. So, like. Uh, that's about he ain't never bothered me out in the woods. So. Yeah. Well, what about um? You said you had another story. That's kind of got my interest yeah. now. Okay, so this I wasn't coon hunting this night either. So in the little town I live in, there ain't but two or three things to do. You either cruise Sonic and cruise up and down the main strip in your car, or go hang out in the Hardy's parking lot. So we were cruising town, and, and how we got to talking about ghost stories, I'll never know. But there's a place south of where I live, not far from where I actually coon hunt now, called Ghost Trail. It's uh, What it is is the old Camden Trail that runs from, ran from Little Rock to the fort in Camden that the Union soldiers used in the Civil War. So they call it Ghost Trail because that's where the Union Hospital was, and they had a uh, a big plantation house down there called the Cannonball House. That that was just they, the Union's just soldiers just destroyed this house with the cannons when they come through. So they call it Cannonball House. So however it come up, we decided we went we're going to Ghost Trail that night. So we took off down there. And you go down about halfway and you come to a little bottom in there. You got across this little old, this old railroad flat car bridge. And they say once you get across that bridge, you kill your car and just sit there in the dark 
you get five, ten minutes, and supposedly you'll see Civil War soldiers. Now, we didn't see no soldiers that night as far as just full-body apparition-type stuff. But, you know, out of the corner of your eye, you would catch something. Don't know what it was, but you would just catch something. Now, I don't know if it's our imagination or something was really there, but I know of several several folks around here that have seen things in that spot and they said that you don't see them you know you can't see like a face or anything it's just kind of like just just a blur you can just tell it's something there and that's all that's all we've seen was you catch something out of you know your peripheral vision there just kind of catch something move and and we didn't stick around there that long that night either we uh we was there about 15 minutes and, and once we got to the car or back in the car and left that spot we all were sick to our stomach i don't you know we didn't eat the same thing during the day nothing so it was just an amazing coincidence that all of a sudden we were all sick to our stomach so hmm. i'm gonna talk that up to something Something spooky going on down yonder too. Sounds like it. I've seen. I mean, I, I believe in that. Like seeing stuff in your peripheral vision is like right, right. on the outskirts. Because there's been we have this old thing at where we work. We call it Harold. A old ghost called Harold. And um, there was a certain. There would be like this certain machine that I would be on especially on second shift or third shift. And there would be times that I would be on there like working and it's kind of hard to describe, but there would be several times that I would see, look like somebody just walked right up beside me and just standing there and look like they had blue coveralls on and you turn your head and there wouldn't be nothing there. And there would be like several times and it finally, I kind of, the first few times, it kind of like wigged me out. But then I just kind of got used to it after a while. And just, really? I wouldn't even look over there anymore. I'd well, wait, if it was somebody, I'd wait for them to speak before I even acknowledge they would be there. But Right, yeah. Well, I mean, I've never actually seen what you would call a ghost or a spirit or anything like that. But, you know, just that out of the corner of my eye type stuff. I know something's out there. I believe something's out there. I've just never actually physically seen it. The house we live in now, my youngest daughter swears there's a little girl with long hair that lives upstairs. And it's a running joke in the family. We hear a noise. Oh, it's just a little girl with long hair. You know, lives upstairs. Uh, where we lived before, my wife swears she's seen a man in a top hat walk through the house. Several, like, hold on, hold on, like a days. shadow or a real apparition of a person? A shadow figure. Like at night, you know. You that is a thing. And, you know, and her whole family said that she's seen the man, that they seen the man with a hat. So I don't know if that's something that's followed them through the years, but, and she brought it to me. But, but she, you know how it's dark and you can make a figure out, but you can't really see a figure? She said that's kind of how she described it. And she said one night it shook the bed. I worked 
second, or I was on second or graveyard, and, and she said it shook the bed. So that's kind of yeah, that's kind of freaky. <laughs> Absolutely, that whole hat, the Hat Man is um, hell, that's that's a whole phenomenon in itself. Is the shadow figure with the the top hat? I mean, right. that, that gets reported like by the thousands. I would imagine really? it, it seems it seems I hear enough of it that I would imagine that it gets reported a lot. Like I've listened to several several different podcasts of people that just talked about the shadow figure, the Hat Man. Wow. I, if I find right. some, I can send you some because I just seen one pop up the other day. Yeah, sure enough, send it to me. Like I said, I've never heard of anybody seeing a man with a hat. Yeah, I've heard of people seeing ghosts of dead family members, and never nobody told me anything about man in top hat until I married her, and she brought it in my family. I guess because, like I said, her dad has said that he seen it when he was younger, uh, back when he was a kid. I guess in the house they grew up in, that he seen the man with the top hat too. So, it, man, something got to be going on there. It, it, that is weird. That and the flannel man, like as a but I'd say they probably tit for tat on people that wake up and see some dude in their bedroom, just like very Nordic looking, very wearing a flannel shirt, just weirdness. Kind I don't know if any Viking of them, vibe. huh? Kind of a Viking vibe going on, Pat Bill. Or? Yeah, kind of a, a Viking look too, but just like a more of a flannel shirt lumberjack type deal. But okay, but with idea. the very like tall red hair, like ginger skin, like very gingerish or whatever, kind of very Viking like. Yeah. So but I don't really know. I've never seen anything like that. But hmm. what about you? I go ahead. Oh no, nah, I was just I was just gonna shift gears. I didn't know if you might if you ever squirrel hunt with dogs out there in Arkansas. Man, I'm gonna tell you the whole time growing up. We, we were wall hunters. We, we, you know, you'd walk through the woods. If you see some squirrels, you sneak up on them and you sit at the bottom, sit close to the bottom of the tree and knock two or three out of the tree. And then you'd move on, find you another one, kind of slip, slip up on it, sit under the tree and knock them out. Just recently, uh, my wife's brother got big into squirrel dogs. He hunts uh, little feist dogs, Mullins feist. I don't know if y'all are, it's a breed, a breeder yeah. we got around here, Mullins feist. But he got into those, and past couple of years, we've been doing a lot of squirrel hunt with dogs. I got and it. it's it's something interesting that I've never done before, and I, I enjoy it. I really do. It's a little bit of it's a different dynamic than coon hunting is when you're just going out there to kill, though, isn't it? Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 and that's the thing when you hunt with dogs over squirrels, we don't just shoot a squirrel that we see running through a tree. You know, we we make the dogs do the work, and then we reward the dogs. I guess best way to put it. But yeah, we don't kill nothing the dogs don't treat. What kind of feist does that cur- uh, Scott has? I mean, it's a tree and feist, but it's a atomic bloodline. I've heard of the Mullins feist before. Mm-hmm. I just ain't exactly sure. Are they the taller or the the smaller feist? Mullins. They're small. They're smaller. They're smaller fights. Don't get me to lie. I, I couldn't tell you the difference between a tall fight, short fight, blue fight, and black fight. 
I don't know nothing about it, but I know they're mullet bread feisty, what they are around here. And that's the big, if you get a feist dog around here, that's one of the big bloodlines that people want around right. here anyway. I've heard of that. I want to say I may have heard um, Ryan talk about them before, mention it. I've heard the name. I don't know nothing about them, but I have heard the name of them, Mullins Feist. So right. what uh, – hey. go ahead. What, you was about to say something. But, yeah, once we got – once I – they finally talked me into going squirrel hunting with the dog, I was like, man, why ain't I been doing this for years? You know, you kill a whole lot more squirrels, have a whole lot more fun. You know, our our, our limit out here is 12 per person. Yeah, 12 per person. You know, we don't ever treat that many squirrels, but, I mean, you can kill a lot of squirrels over top of a dog, and it's a blast around here. Yes, it's pretty fun around here, too. Especially when you got Dustin over there that doggone light the trees up. The doggone, you can hear you can you can hear the twenty two pellets going through the trees as as the squirrels timbering out. There'd be so big fire, so many ta 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 and he got a scope on it, and the rest of us pretty well carry shotguns. And, uh, yeah, the man with 22, he'll scope the tree. And if he sees one in a hole, he'll kind of crack a few rounds off in that hole if he can get to move, and we'll take him out. Or three or four of us to shoot, take him out. So, so uh, he hunts a cur dog, doesn't he? Hey, Dustin. Dustin, yeah, he yeah. has a cur dog. Yeah, he's got I'm a cur dog. I'm a cur dog, man. Ain't nothing wrong with cur dog. My brother-in-law there, he's got, he just get picked up a cur dog last year. He's going to be a cool cracker jack. He's a, he's got a good mouth on him. He ain't scared to go, and he can put some squirrels up. That's and all don't mind takes. running some yeah. so, yeah. I don't have a squirrel dog. I don't have a time for one. Hey, Ryan's got a little feist dog he calls Purdy. And it's the yeah. first year I've I've been in the woods with her. And I wish I had a hound dog that had the focus and the drive that she has. Because once she comes off of a tree, you knock the squirrel out or tell her to get ahead or get on whatever, it's looking for another squirrel. And then it's, as long as you out there, she's looking for a squirrel. It's like, I would love to have that in a hound dog because I don't know that I've had a hound dog that had the focus and the drive like like she has for a squirrel, for a coon. Uh, I, I, I never have. Uh, I had one that would recut. You could you could walk up to the tree, see the coon, tell her to get, snap fire, tell her to get, find another. I mean, she was gone, but, but as far as, yeah. Now, the little fast dogs that we hunt around here, they, they are laser-focused. They, they'll they hunt hard. They'll hunt like a hound. They'll make a big circle out there and will go as far as they got to the tree of squirrel, which is what I like about them. They don't one, – one or two of them, if they get run, we'll check back in. For the most part, they're going like a hound. They're going to hunt. 
and they got pretty decent mouths on them. You know, they ain't no big ball mouth like a hound, like like I love hearing it tonight. They got pretty decent mouths. You can hear six, seven hundred yards in there. That that impressed me a lot about them. Hey, if you're looking for a really good light, what's the best light on the market, Ryan? It'd be a bright eyes. It's so bright. It's been rumored that people have seen shit from the 1800s with it. That's a rumor. And I hear that heat seeker will burn a dingleberry off a Sasquatch ass at 200 yards. It's pumping the daylight in. Nah, for a really good light, go over to brighteyes.com. Check them out. Enter this promo code, houndstooth. It's one word, H-O-U-N-D-S-T-O-O-T-H. Internet promo code, 5% off that light. I mean, they sell or sell. Yeah, absolutely. They go on that website, they'll be impressed. They buy one, they'll be even more impressed. Use that promo code, houndstooth. One word, H-O-U-N-D-S-T-O-O-T-H. Put that in, get you a new heat seeker. We appreciate it. I think you'll probably like that cur once you start getting going with your buddy's cur dog. I like yeah. curs too. I've been with him. I've been with him once. And he impressed me. He treated. I think we didn't kill before that day, but he treated every one of them. I tell you what, in the cur family, if that's what you want to call it, a cur family, I think I was more impressed with the mouth of that camel cur over any mountain cur I've seen that uh, Cane Creek had down there in Mississippi. Hey, yeah. For a cur dog, he had a dang good mouth on him. Yeah, I'm not sure what what cur this is. I don't know if it's mountain, black mouth. There's so many different cur dogs out there. I guess camera cur, you know, they got all of them. I don't know what kind he is, but he's he's pretty good. We took him coon hunting a couple nights too, and he's he's damn tree, couple slicks, but he, he he ain't scared to go in the dark neither. That's plus in my book. Oh, yeah. Always. I don't mean to keep yawning on you. It's been a long day, dude. Hey, I, you ain't never lied. I was out till about 2 o'clock this morning chasing the hound. Got up at 5 this morning with hauled logs all day. So, yeah, I know how you feel. Oh. <clears throat> Gotta hate them days like that. Man. Well, we done good first 30 minutes of the hunt we've done fine anyway went out there and blew up tree had a raccoon cut him again went out there and he struck track worked track worked it for about an hour just wallering this track out up and down the creek we got lots of water up here right now so he was in a bunch of water and we drove around to pick him up and uh got over i heard something splashing off in the water and i turned my light on over there and there's four or five little piglets running through the woods i was like oh shit here we go and all of a sudden i heard him just peg off chopping if he ever chops and runs he, he's trashing uh, i guarantee it so i i sent him, sent him a message i told him he didn't stop i got a little more force behind it chopped him a little bit he didn't stop he started grabbing gear it, it, it races on. He loves hogs, man. He he will 
and he will run down to bacon in a heartbeat and try to catch it every time. <laughs> it's, it's rough. It sounds like he might have done caught one on the ground, a piglet or something. He, uh, I don't know that he's ever caught a hog on the ground, but I know he's bait a couple. And I shocked every little piss out of him. I ain't gonna lie to you. And last night he was getting he was getting lit up pretty good. And he just and finally he got like thousand twelve hundred yards in there. And I was like, just run your ass rest of the night. I ain't gonna worry about you. And finally he come out to a cut over and I caught him. But yeah, he he don't mind bumping no hogs. And we got so many of them down here. It's ridiculous how many pigs we got around here. And then game of fish don't care nothing about them. Don't 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 want to do anything about them. So y'all have a lot of hog is. hunters in your area. Not near as many as we used to. You know, used to that was a big deal around here with hog hunting. Everybody hog hunting around here. Had pit bulls for catch dogs and, and catahoula curs for for bay dogs and and everybody hog hunted. But it seems like now everybody's kind of just. It just kind of went away, and there's just a few folks here and there that still do it. Man, mm. I ain't going to lie to you. If I see them in the woods and I got my 22 on me or, or my 9 if I'm carrying it, if I can crack around and off at one, gut shoot one, let it go off and die, it ain't going to hurt my feelings a bit to crack one off in one. Sasquatch ain't going to mind either because you just feed them. Hey, see, there you go. That, that, it's like working that. in harmonization to keep the ecosystem in, in full order. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But what would you, if you was to ever see one in the woods, if it if it wasn't acting like aggressive towards you, would you uh, would you would you shoot it? Uh, oh. Sasquatch. Yeah, we're not talking about the peas. We're talking about now, I would imagine if it got aggressive with you, you probably would crack some shots at it because I would too. See, that's the thing. I don't always have a gun on me. I don't always carry a gun with me in the woods. I probably need to, but I don't always. Cause we got big cats around here too. But, you know, if if I walked up on one or happened to be sitting in the middle of the, you know, company road when one walks across or something like as long as it didn't, you know, show any aggression towards me, I probably would wouldn't shoot one. Yeah, there ain't no way I'd shoot one. Hey, but um, he ain't bothering me. I ain't bothering him. That's right. This just dawned on me. I thought about this. You know, last year we recorded with a guy from Arkansas, and he has several different stories. And he told us one. He described a creature. It sounded almost like a um a hyena. In in Arkansas, and I I've I've heard some, but I didn't really realize it was as many. But their um, cryptids of the corn just put out an episode uh, last week or something like that about the like. There's a bunch of people that have right re- reported something that sounded like a, a, a African spotted hyena between the Appalachians in Kentucky and in the Arkansas and parts of like the uh the Ozarks and stuff like that. 
So I was like, I didn't realize it, but I was like, heck, maybe old dude did see a dog on African spotted hyena running loose out there somewhere. It would surprise me none of the crap that got turned loose in the woods out from around here. They, they, I remember that story. Was he, he was from Arkansas, correct? Yeah. So he was up, if I remember right, he was up actually from the Ozark part of the state, right up. Yeah. yeah he okay. Yeah, we, we ain't got no hills around here. Fat boy loves flatland. We ain't going to hills. We can hills. But. One thing I did learn is they said that the African hyena can thrive in just about any type of environment. Well, it's a scavenger, right? So they just live Kinda, off whatever they find. In Africa, they are the lion's number one predator, and the lions are their number one predator. So they, right. like, battle with each other back and forth for dominance. Wow. Yeah. This is a pretty tough sucker, then, huh? Yeah, yeah, they, they, they are. It's not like a, um, it's not like the Lion King. They're just like dumb. Like you, you're talking about. <laughs> they can be massive. You, you talking about? They can be up to like 350 pounds, something like that. They can get big. Boy, I'd probably shoot one if I come across one of them in the woods. Oh, absolutely. I, now I've heard some strange sounds in the woods, but. Thinking back on it, you can always pinpoint to what it was. There ain't nothing spookier than hearing coons fighting in the woods anyway. If you ever get two boar coons fighting when they're rutting, well, that'll, that'll curl your hair and make things, make your hair stand up on your neck. But uh, a couple of buddy of mine were hunting the other night, and they got a bobcat squalling on camera, or not on camera, on video, or audio, they recorded on video there. And that that's pretty spooky. And we've heard the mountain lions, cougars, panthers, whatever you want to call them. We got them around here. Uh, I've, I've heard several of those in the woods. And that really don't scare me too much. Because I figure if I ever get attacked by one of them, it's going to be over pretty quick anyhow. So I ain't going to worry about it too much. <laughs> it's gonna be pretty quick. Yeah, so I, I mean, but I've never seen one while I was hunting. I've seen them. I've seen two in my life around here. Uh, one was kind of west of us, kind of where the mountains start, where the Washtenaw Mountains start over there. I've seen one over there, and I've seen one in the river bottoms down here kind of south of the house kind of going towards where i hunt but i've never actually seen one where i hunt i've seen scratching on trees you know they climb on a tree and scratch yeah. sharpen their claws i guess what they're doing i've seen that but i've never actually seen a cat not, not while i was hunting out here treated a couple of bobcats but other than that nothing oh nothing boy ryan that's his he can't wait to do that he can't wait to have a dog tree a bobcat he well, wants to dump the box on them because yeah. <laughs> they're not they're not quick to go up a tree. No, they they want to run. And, and and what I found around here on Bobcat is if, if you ever get one tree, you have to walk in in the dark because yeah. once you get in there and they see a light coming, boom, they gone again. They yeah, sure we, are. We followed dogs for a couple miles one night doing that. God, it might piss me off. 
when I finally figured out what it was, I just thought the dog was being stupid leaving trees. But once we finally figured out what it was, it wasn't too bad. We drive around. We got lots of roads we can drive around. We can always find a way around. There's a lot of places like that for the most part. There's, there's ways you can drive around. There was a yeah. few years ago. It's been several years ago now. I had this. I don't even remember which dog it was. But they was they would go way down the creek, just straight down the creek and tree. And they tree for a little bit, and all of a sudden they book it and go right back all the way back up the creek, and they get yep. treed again. And then when they come back by the set, they come back by again. That's why I was like, yeah, I was probably in my early 20s. I went over to the creek, and you could see bobcat track going down the creek and dog tracks, and they was back and forth up and down there. And that's all that bobcat was doing was just playing with them dogs. That's all they do was playing with them, just yeah. toying with them dogs. They didn't have a chance. I wasn't going to try to fool with them anyway, so – I think I ended up catching them or something on the trip when they came when they came back through. But we we messed with bobcats in a while around here. So I ain't too too messed up about training a bobcat every once in a while. Well, man, tell everybody again the name of your podcast, where they can find you, and what they can expect from you in the future. It's uh, Tree My Dog Podcast. We're on Apple, Spotify, iHeart. I guess all the oh, major podcasts. Yeah. I don't even know what you call them. I guess platform. Platform. There you go. Thank you. And uh, it's just two good old boys talking about coon hunting. Uh, I did an interview with a with a young kid, a thirteen year old kid, the, on one of them. That, that was pretty cool. He was our first interview. I'm a Working on, like I said, a couple guys around here just trying to get some some older folks take on coon hunting, how it's changed over the years, and, and where they think it might be going with these big money hunts they got going nowadays. So, hey, was the one that, with that young yeah. kid? The one with that young kid was that was that the one that's titled like something Levi? No, that was a memorial hunt we had around here was the Levi Rogers Memorial Hunt. Oh, okay. Uh, Reuben is the is the kid's name. Okay, I got you. And uh, it was a it was a pretty good little interview for a thirteen year old kid. He was excited about it. I was excited to do it. We did it on the hood of the truck while we was out coon hunting one night. That was pretty neat too. Got a little dog action in the background. It was it, it was all right. It was it worked out pretty good. So. That's cool. Like I say, I might have to get caught up on them. I've... Yeah, like I said, we're getting better. Oh, right. just hang in there, man. Keep on putting them out. Represent coon hunting. And uh, like I said, this is going to be our next episode coming out because uh, we're recording the day after. Well, we just put episode 36 out yesterday. So this will be episode 37. And wish I wish Ryan could have been here. You know, Even though you can't get him on to see him, he would have been able to yeah. chime in. He just got back today. He's been off gallivanting. Yeah, he can't keep it. He, I, I really want to talk to him, too. But tell him I'll catch him next time. But anyway, man, it's rocking on. It's about 10 after, almost 10 after 11 here. Yeah, it's, it's pushing my bedtime here. Yeah, we'll make it. At, it'll at least be a 45-minute conversation. 
Sounds good to but, me. I, I don't think nothing that I said that interesting, but go ahead and use whatever you want. Oh, man, it was a fun conversation. That's all this is, just people sitting down recording conversations and people listen to them. Like I, said, I got a buddy of mine he, I hunt with time time. He got he, he told me some spooky stories about things happening with coon hunting. And if you want, I can get him to shoot you a message or something. Absolutely. Maybe pick his brain. I know that y'all's little, y'all, your niche you carving out over there, and I love it, man. <laughs> I said this is one of my favorite, one of my favorite shows to listen to right here. Every two weeks, man, I'm tuning in. We appreciate it. We hope to keep you entertained, keep all y'all entertained, and we try try not to get too too deep out in the weeds and try to rein it in because I can I can go deep on some stuff if I if I really let loose, but I try not to let loose. And see, I love all that stuff. I love you getting deep and talking about the faith people and. Been going into the biblical aspect of things, and that's some of my favorite stuff you roll with there. Oh, I appreciate it. I heck, maybe I need to roll with a little more of it because they, um, Dustin's, Dustin's skepticism over there is always you know, keep the good balance of things going over there, is so. definitely, um, a good place for skepticism in the world. I should probably well, be a little bit more skeptical. But. I agree. <laughs> Let me tell you, if he hears something, he believe it, Bo. Sight unseen. If I, can, if, if I can put it in a fay or Nephilim or something like that, I'm, I can up. Uh, there's some things I've listened to that I just have a hard time. The whole 20 and back, that's hard for me to get a hold to right there. Right. I don't even... It's hard to even explain it. People just have to look that up the whole twenty and back, but it's it's out there. It can't be possible. It's it's out there. Well, I'm gonna go to Google as soon as you uh, as soon as we get off. I won't go to Google and find out what you're talking about. I ain't got no clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. You're gonna be like, are these people for real? And there's a bunch. There's there's several. The biggest one is going to be Tony Rodriguez. Tony Rodriguez, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's going to be probably the first one that you'll see with the 20 and back. But right. You just have to listen to all that and make your own, your own mind up on the whole on all that because it can be out there. Right, right. Well, man, we're going to get off of this. and uh, Guys, I appreciate y'all having me on. Uh, been a great time. Anything else you know how to get me. All right. I appreciate you coming on, man. Appreciate it, man. See you later. Tell Ryan I hate to miss him. Daniel, we'll talk at you later, buddy. All right, man. Be good. Let's talk about this uh, David Gilbert, man, his podcast he's got, Treat My Dog. I've listened to a couple of them. I haven't been able to get caught up on all of them. Man, there's so many out there. I ain't caught up on nothing no more. I ain't listened to a podcast in a good three months. <laughs> Since we come back from Mississippi. Since we came back from Mississippi, however long ago that was. Well, I, 
I haven't listened any, to any today. I'll put it that way. <laughs> today. <laughs> Him hadn't went down the rabbit hole this week. <laughs> yes, I did. He just went down the hole, let me tell you. <laughs> He's been in the rabbit hole. He loves it. But, look, even David Gilbert, the man, said he saw a old, what do you call him, Sam Squan? A Squammy? Squammy. Old Sasquatch. Sam he was Squam. 12 years old. That was what he come up to us at Mississippi, and he was like, hey, I'm going to tell you, I love the show. I know Bigfoot's real because I seen him when I was a kid. And that was all he said that he told us that I remember. He told us the story. I don't I don't remember the story. I, he told it to me. I remember him telling it. I didn't remember it. It's because you're an oak, Dustin. I try to be, man. I did not remember. Well, but, I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, that song, uh, dog on, come out and walk across the road about 100 yards in front of you. You're there riding down the little road on your bike. I myself. I wouldn't have went that way. What would you have done? Put yourself I'd have run 12. to the, the nearest house the other way. It's like, <laughs> somebody's about to take me home. He said he didn't turn his back on it because he was always told, don't turn your back on a wild animal or something like that. So he didn't turn his back on it until it went in the woods. When it went in the woods, he, you Peddling like hell. I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I, I wish I had one of electric bikes. Back tire off that bike. <laughs> Dude, and what else? He was talking about, they, it wasn't a coon hunt story, but he was like, they went out somewhere. And it's some kind of like ghost place or something. I forgot all what he said. But it was like they could see things out of the corner of their eye moving around like, apparitions and stuff just be like at the corner of that eye and stuff i've listened to a lot of that i've kind of witnessed that myself and i talked about it with him but i actually listened to uh i was listening to somebody tell a story the other day and they was talking about seeing stuff at the corner of their eye and they said they finally just quit turning and was just watching at the corner of their eye and they watched this old man walk across the yard doing all kind of stuff and kind of walked up to them. I'll have whatever they're having. And they said, <laughs> but they was out of the corner of their eye. I'll have some of whatever they got. <laughs> <laughs> but they said when they turn their head, it's gone. I was going to say something. I said, oh, I know something. I know Tell something y'all don't know. I'm about to go. I'm about to have a little adventure. Oh, shit. Because this is going to come out on May the 3rd. Pro and tip. starting May the 1st, I'm going to be doing, I've got a uh, herbal parasite cleanse for 10 days that I'm going to be doing. I'm going to shit through a screen door for 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> and, or a uh, keyhole from 20 paces. I'm going to be doing a borderline vegan diet for about 10 days. What? Yep. I bought this um, this herbal parasite cleanse from this place called Food Over Drugs. And it's got like all these different herbs in these capsules, which I can't swallow capsules, so I'm going to have to bust them open and chug it like a BC powder. What Ooh. are you, a five-year-old? Yeah, yeah, I can't swallow pills. What? Dispository them, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 
Anyway, starting May the 1st, I'm going to be doing a 10-day herbal parasite cleanse and a borderline vegan diet. <laughs> Sound like a terrible idea. He's going to shit through a screen door for 10 days. But other than that, you know, y'all go check out David Gilbert's podcast, Tree My Dog, with, uh, dang it, I still can't remember the other dude's name that's on there with him, his his buddy. There's two of them. Yeah. Is it his friend or his buddy? <laughs> <laughs> his friend. Okay. <laughs> so. Don't have buddies. <laughs> go check Go check it out. This is from California. my dog podcast on all them platforms. And, hey, remember, keep them stories coming in. If you know anybody that's got any stories, tell them to hit us up. Talk them into it. We got – I've had – Two different people tell me, it's like, hey, I know somebody that's got such and such story. I'm trying to talk them into getting in touch with you. Or, hell, if you give me their number, I will get in touch with them myself. <laughs> yes, he will. <laughs> I will track it down. Like a Jehovah's Witness. He's like a telemarketer. He'll call and bother you till you pick up. <laughs> no, I ain't that bad. Your car's extended warranty is running out. (laughs) (laughs) We're here to call you. We have called you concerning your car's warranty. That's right. Like a debt collector. Why you got to go vegan? Because the parasites, you cutting off their food source. What is vegan? What are you going? It's like can't eat nothing with a byproduct of a face. Like, no eggs, no milk, no cheese, no yogurt. Who are you going to eat? It's going to be a lot of rice. vegetables, vegetables fruits vegetables. vegetables. He's going to be going to lose 45 pounds. That he ain't got, got to lose. nothing to lose. His dad gonna, I don't know that I'm going to. I've seen more ass on a, on a damn cigarette. Seen <laughs> 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 more butt on a cigarette. I'm not planning on losing all that. I'm it not ain't cutting about that. the planning, bro. It's what's going to happen. Listen, just I'm worry yourself real you good. Right Shit now, your guts dude. out. No, what I'm what is going to happen if I turn around and I see a tapeworm about a foot long? I'm liable to pass out. <laughs> <laughs> when you wake back you up, need take a picture of chickens it. so they can pick the worms. Dude, I listen to podcasts. These people talking about like parasites and stuff, and there was this one doctor that she like helps treat people. And she says, some of my clients will go into a strainer just to see what parasites do come out. And they will, like, catalog which ones they got rid of. I just want to flush them (laughs) if I'm going to get rid of them. I don't want to see them. But those, like, your main parasites are going to feed off of, they're going to eat off that meat protein first and foremost. Yeah, but if you're killing them, why you got to give it up? Because I'm doing it naturally, like with herbs. So you want to eat the herbs. medicinally. So you're not, man, I think I just take some. Man, just Ivermec I think I just Ivermec or Pancure or something like that. Yeah, I have been taking Pancure. I've been, I've been well, mixing that with that. that. But I have don't. Have you seen any parasites in your poop? You bitch. Have <laughs> <laughs> you felt like dragging your ass around on the carpet like a dog? <laughs> <laughs> if you get that sudden urge to drag your ass around on the carpet like a dog. That's why I'm parasite cleansing. <laughs> the security I gotta go do a security watch like, Ain't nothing there Why is my ass itch <laughs> Been there Him got a, him, him like, got a chigger on him <laughs> On him brown eye 
Oh, a hemorrhoid did it to you too. <laughs> Just <laughs> to let you know, <laughs> it make you feel like dragging your ass around on the carpet like a dog. God Almighty. Anyway, <laughs> we hope y'all. We really love about our day. We hope y'all have enjoyed this episode of listening to Trevor Wade, David Gilbert, and our stupid <laughs> worm yourself. <laughs> Don't forget to worm yourself. So, when this episode comes out, I'm gonna be two days deep into this. Into this herbal parasite cleanse. I'm doing three different ones: parasite, colon, and lungs. Oh, your colon's gonna get cleansed. <laughs> 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 Shit, bro. Exactly. Hey, until next time, y'all keep them dogs in the woods and love peas and chicken grease <laughs> and happy hunting, y'all. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Cone Hunting Confidentials on the Houndstooth Podcasting Network. If you want to get in touch with me, my email address is htpodinfo at gmail.com. That is h-t-p-o-d-i-n-f-o at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you with all your coon hunting stories that include the creepy crazy and the unexplained. Until next time, keep them dogs in the woods and happy hunting, y'all.